everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You are listening to episode 39 of The Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was Cop on the Edge. So, Frank, um, what treat did you come up with for us tonight? Satisfies the category of Cop on the Edge. So, as always, with The Spin Chagrin, there's a slight tale of a journey that goes into it. Okay. Although, um, this one, not as much as, as previous weeks. Um, so first of all, for some context, um, we went to a convention this weekend and in maybe one of my most ill-conceived moves ever, I decided to get my, uh, second COVID booster the day before the convention. Mm. Um, so ended up getting like super sick on Saturday, midway through the day from it, kind of like wasted the majority of the time on Saturday that I might've devoted to watching more movies um i had picked out two uh that i decided i was going to watch and the first one was called amityville cop Mm. um oh that's that's one of those 25 amityville movies that are out in the past like five years right yes but this one has nothing to do with the amityville horror right none of them do um the original appeal to it was the fact that it's an hour and eight minutes long (laughs) um which typically i can soldier through pretty easily Mm -hmm. um i made it like eight minutes into this movie and had Mm -hmm. to stop it was um it was abysmal uh it opens with this man and this woman like having this conversation on the couch and it's after his surprise birthday party and she's like you know oh baby like don't leave i want you to stay and he's like oh you know i gotta go on this business trip baby like i love you so much but i gotta go and they spend all this time like building this relationship between these two people. And then he gets pulled over. Um, and he's trying to like glad hand his way out of a ticket with this cop. Like, oh, it's my birthday. Like, you don't give a guy a ticket on his birthday, right? Like, hey, you're having a bad night. Like, it'll make it better if you just let me go. <laughs> and then they like keep showing the cop like in like this hazy filter, so you can't really see his face. And then the cop says, you have the right to remain silent. And it's just like this demon face. (laughs) And then it cuts to like the guy's throat being ripped out. Mm. And then it cuts to a scene where low rent Axel Foley is like shimmying around the, you know, it's not like it doesn't say it's at the police station. It says it's at the central office. It's wherever the fuck that is. Mm. um and he's like fucking dunder mifflin right obviously like just this tool and so the gruff like lieutenant calls him in to yell at him and he's like why don't you tell me about friday night and the guy's like oh you know i went on iebooty.com because that's where i always find my ladies and i found this woman who was ready to eat my booty so i had her come over and and we did just like she said can you set up the camera and i was like sure baby and she and he was like i don't mean that and i said you know what this is enough like i've seen enough and i stopped <laughs> so then i went into so, the movie real quick i'll just shout out there is a, a channel on youtube called uh movie timelines that um has like a full like two or three hour video that like details all of those amityville movies mm. um and goes through like you know the plots of them and and um tries to put them in some sort of chronological order if possible um and if you want to see some real bad movies yeah all those amityville movies are sound pretty fucking awful yeah 
Yes. None of them are any good except for a couple of the early ones that actually involve the haunting in Amityville. Sure. Sure. So I went with my second choice, um, which is the movie that has haunted me in one way or another for eh, the better part of like 14 years, roughly. Hmm. Okay. Um, it's 2008's The Alphabet Killer. Okay. Uh, so this is one of those movies where we would make trips, like we would go out, you know, um, usually to get coffee at night, and then we would we would stop at Walmart sometimes on our way back from getting coffee, and mm-hmm. a lot of times I would pick up a DVD or two at Walmart just to have something to watch. And the cover of this movie is a what looks like a like a porcelain doll mask like peeking out from a bunch of like dead leaves mm-hmm. I and i always looked at it and i always thought like nah man maybe i should try this movie out but i never did because it just seemed like low rent it was you know it felt cheap um i always thought it was direct to video i guess it had a box office release mm-hmm. where it made thirty three thousand nine hundred and seventy five dollars <laughs> um mm-hmm. Which must have been some kind of limited release because it was distributed by Anchor Bay. So Anchor Bay is primarily a direct-to-video. Oh, and um, it it has INT next to it. So it was an international like mm. release of some sort and seriously thirty three thousand dollars means it was like released in like one theater or two theaters or something like that over the course of like a month maybe. So the the Alphabet Killer is uh, directed by Rob Schmidt who the only thing I really knew him from was uh, the original wrong turn movie mm. um just like the original wrong turn movie it stars eliza dushku mm. uh, also carrie ulis michael ironside bill mosley um tom noonan and timothy hutton mm. um loosely based on a series of real um murders in rochester new york in the early 70s um the premise is that uh dushku plays megan who is an investigator for the Rochester Police Department. Full disclosure, for the first 15 minutes of the movie, I thought she worked for the FBI. So they don't do a really good job of establishing like where she works originally. Okay. Um, but she's investigating the murder of this young girl named Carla Castillo, hmm. uh, whose body was found in Churchville, which is near Rochester. Um, so they set this up by like this girl like gets in this car, and then it cuts to the girl like running away from the car, screaming, help me, help me um she runs through the woods and there's this guy kind of like following behind her um she of course trips over a branch in the woods which i feel like if you're running for your life you're probably paying a little more attention but this happens um she is all scared and looking around and then somebody grabs her off screen and then she's dead so carrie ulis and eliza dishku are the investigating police officers Hmm. Uh, they're looking at the corpse. There's this white cat hair on the corpse. Um, the girl's panties have been hung in a tree, and the director decides that the artistic shot mm-hmm. is to shoot through the panties, like into the crime scene, mm-hmm. um, to illustrate the, I guess, raunchy nature of the murder in the mm-hmm. sense that, like, she was raped. Right. Um, Megan thinks that that's the work of a serial killer. Um, but nobody else believes her. What's our evidence for that? Do you remember? Uh, uh, there was another girl killed previously who had double initials and was found in hmm. 
someplace that had the same initials. So okay. she immediately makes this connection that it's a serial killer. Um, let me let me preface all this by saying that I like Eliza Dushku in Buffy and Angel. Um, she is the most wooden, unemotive, like just bereft of life actress ever. Yeah. Except for occasionally she's not, but for the most part, it's just like so she knows sells everything. Right. Um, until she just gets like ant like antsy and starts to be all jittery and um so she starts uh, hallucinating that the dead girl is like following her around Jesus. and talking to her. Mm-hmm. Um so they're gonna take her off the case because they said they've devoted enough time you know, trying to catch the murder of like a young child, because um, of course that's what they would do. Uh, but also because she's she's too uppity for her own good, because she keeps trying to push the serial killer angle, mm-hmm. and they want to pin it on a transient murder. And she's given all these reasons why it wouldn't be a transient murder. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's got this room in her attic where she has a bunch of light tables set up, you know, like what she uses in photography. Mm-hmm. And she has um, newspaper clippings and photographs like pinned up all over the place. So she's up in this room one time um, waiting for Carrie. Car- her and Carrie Willis, they're also like boyfriend and girlfriend. And I guess they live together. I don't know. Maybe that's her own house and he lives somewhere else. But anyway, so they're supposed to have sexy time one night. Like they actually call it something along those times. I know that he calls it, um, he calls it, is, is this a boyfriend girlfriend night or another night? And she's like, Oh no, this is a boyfriend girlfriend night. But she decides she's going to go like try and get some evidence together um, because she's obsessed with this case. And while she's sitting there, she has these slides, you know, like picture slides and they don't ever show you what's on the slides, but they, she's moving them around all over the place. Like she's trying to like solve a puzzle or something. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't know what's 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 in the picture. What's in the picture? Where's the picture? What am I gonna find? Oh, I gotta find it. And then the dead girl appears to her, and she's like, Megan, find my killer. And the dead girl's like all like wispy and I don't like know. it's a Scooby Doo cartoon, kinda. Um, except that it's not like old man Smithers inside the anyway. So. <laughs> she's like i can't i can't figure out i can't figure out i can't figure it out so she pulls out i swear to god like this like medieval dirk it's this giant like i mean i can i want to call it a knife but it's not a knife it's like a short sword like it's something out of like a like D. okay and she slits her wrists because she can't figure out who the killer is but she's the most ineffective wrist slitter ever because it's seriously like six drops of blood like fall out of her, her wrist. And so then Carrie Ulis, he brings him the groceries and he's like, Megan, I'm home. Megan, Megan. And then, oh my God. And he comes upstairs and there's like a small pool of blood like around her. She's passed out on her light table. So cut. So, so then so they was he upset that they didn't get to have boyfriend girlfriend time? Probably so, yeah. So, cut to two years later. Mm-hmm. And now, she's in a support group. Although they don't say what the support group is for. I guess it's like maybe 
people who have com- tried to commit suicide, but they don't sure. really make that clear. So it's just a bunch of people with a bunch of problems right. talking about their problems. And it's read right. by led by Timothy Hutton, who's hmm. this guy who's in a wheelchair. Okay. Um, so he's trying to convince her that, you know, like she just needs to take it easy. And that's what her doctor says. Like, you know, so she committed suicide, but they kept her job on the force. But now instead of being a detective, she's an administrator like she works the evidence counter or some shit i don't know mm-hmm. in, intake maybe or something sure so then like as soon as she's back on the force oh and carrie elvis has moved on he's dating somebody else and he's gotten promoted also in the interim so he's her boss now mm. so they then find out that there's another girl wendy walsh whose body was found in webster new york um with white cat hair and she's like, see, I told you it was a serial killer. I knew all along. So even though, oh, and she got diagnosed with possible schizophrenia. They say that at one point. Okay. Although, again, they never come in and say, like, what her actual, like, mental illness is. It's just that she's crazy. Mm-hmm. So now she's twitchy all the time. Like, her her acting decision to show mental illness is to, like, twitch her head to the side. You know, like, you know, like, like have this tick. And to rapidly curl and uncurl her fists. And this is her <laughs> mental illness. Um, so they're like, well, even though this is probably a bad idea, we're going to let you join the investigation because you were right before about the killer and the name thing. And we think you could be a valuable asset. So they put her with this dude. And... They're like, okay, we got to go, you know, canvas. But the thing is, is that um, he's not not down with it. Like, he says, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I think it's pretty fucked up that you're, like, crazy and on, like, desk duty. And yet they're saddling me with you um, to have to go out. And she's like, oh, well, I appreciate your honesty. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I don't think you're a bad person. I just think it's real fucked up that they're putting you out in the field, like, to investigate these murders that drove you crazy and i gotta be responsible for you and like he's right you know right i was gonna say as listening to you tell this plot i also agree with that it's an asinine decision right so they make this she she finds this connection with this dude that they interviewed before for the castillo murder that is also like the brother-in-law of or like the uncle or something of this girl this other girl that's been killed mm-hmm. the wendy walsh girl yeah so they're like well what should we do and they're like hey let's go let's go question this guy and steve is like well we questioned him before and she's like yeah but i never questioned him so this guy is uh works at a boys and girls club basically and is like this philanthropist who like helps like dis- disadvantaged children or whatever in after school care Mm-hmm. And she goes up and she's like, so you murder anybody? Hmm? You like little girls? Hmm? Is she twitching when she doesn't? Yeah, all, all, the whole time. Like a- anytime I'm telling you about something Elijah Dushku is doing, her eyes are really wide or her eyes are either really wide or like sleepy, but she's always twitching. Like there's always some twitch going on and it's her head twitching. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when she walks, like she'll twitch her hips one direction and her head another direction. <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of like zombie walk like but that's how you can tell right and when the crazier she gets the more she does those switches okay all right 
so they press this dude and he's like what the fuck like i've never done anything like why are you making this connection and she's like don't you remember that this one girl lydia something when you were on a field trip she fell off a balcony and died and he was like yeah but it was somebody else was there like i wasn't even like present and they were like oh that's an excuse (laughs) and then they go and they're in the car and steve's like so what do you think and she's like oh i think he's clean i don't think he did anything Mm. um so then another girl dies and that's melissa maestro and she's killed in macedon you know which is also in new york Mm -hmm. um but they can't connect they find commonalities between her and the wendy girl but they can't connect them to the um sea girl uh castillo or whatever right but what happened is macedon is in webster county not rochester so even though the girl lived in rochester she was killed in another county or another township or whatever so those cops have jurisdiction over um the murder investigation so michael ironsides is the police chief and so they go to see him and they're like hey um we kind of want to share some information with you so maybe we can you know like pull our resources and because it's you know 1940 twin peaks the guy's like i'll tell you what i'll give you any information i have about the kidnapping but we're working these murders and we're going to catch this killer and i don't have the people to tell you any information that we may have learned already fucking cable bend um, steel it really is cable bend steel so and then michael ironsides um so then they get a call that this girl elizabeth eckers um or this girl elizabeth eckers calls and says hey i'm being held captive in this house and this man tried to rape me so elizabeth like all, all the girls that have been killed before they've all been raped and they were all like 12 or 13 years old but Elizabeth Eckers is 19, and so Megan is like, hey, the guy that is holding this woman captive and tried to rape her is obviously not the alphabet killer um, because she's too old. Mm. So they're at the house, and it's like a, like a, you know, they have a hostage situation, and she's just like, fuck it, I'm going inside. And they're like, no, you're not even, like, authorized to be a police officer right now. Like, you're on destiny. She's like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> so she goes inside, and she goes upstairs, and um she diffuses the situation basically because the guy is just like autistic and doesn't know what like it, it, it it's really like a poor i don't know he's mentally handicapped in some way and he doesn't understand what he's doing and his mom's like no he's he's gentle you know and he's like i thought she liked me i thought we were gonna have sex and she's like you were trying to rape me and elijah dushku is like Let's all calm down, you know, and like not go crazy. She's twitching the entire time. She's trying to calm everybody. No, she's actually she's actually calm in this. Situation. Oh, okay. She right. handles this well. Huh. It's because she's wearing a sporty leather jacket, not her police uniform. Oh. Um. In so what, in could, what year? I don't know. The same place in the nineties, I think. Okay. It's got to be like nine. It's ninety-seven or ninety-eight because they show. I'll, I'll tell you about that later. All but, right. Um. So she she diffuses the situation, gets the guy to put down his gun. She's like, let your mom and Elizabeth go and like, we'll go and talk. So he walks over to the window to consider her offer and the cops shoot him. And it's hilarious because they shoot him in the chest and like a piece of plaster like breaks off the wall behind him. And Megan or um, Dushku's like, what? And then they shoot him through the head and the light bulb explodes. And so as he collapses, they 
zoom in on the like dying embers of the whatever filament in the light bulb. Ugh. Um, Ugh. So then Ironsides holds a press conference and says, you know, he was definitely the alphabet killer and we found white cat hair in the house and she has a nervous breakdown because she's like, oh my god, like it's you're a liar and it's not true and he wasn't, I had the situation diffused. So then they take her and they're interviewing her about the shooting and she's like, oh no, they fucking, like I had, he had the gun down, he wasn't armed because all the other cops were saying he was brandishing a weapon in the window. Mm. That's why they took the shot and she's mm-hmm. like, and Carrie Elvis is like, listen, bitch, it's like we, this dude is dead. All you're going to do is fuck up your career and my career and like a bunch of other cops if you just like, don't like throw the line and so they just drop that angle altogether because i guess she figures fuck it i don't need to tell the truth anymore um so they tell her look you're off this case there's no more case we're gonna tie up loose ends so she's sitting in her jeep in the parking lot after this has happened and steven comes over and opens her door and he's like hey are you all right and she's like do you believe that that guy was the alphabet killer and he was like look probably not but what am I going to do? Like, they've said the case is closed. I've been told I have, like, a couple weeks to tie up just to wrap up my paperwork. But, like, we need to move on. And so then they make out. And mm-hmm. she's all twitching the whole time. <laughs> and then she pulls away and he's like, hold on a second. Did you actually mean that? And she was like, I don't think I did. And he said, right, because you're crazy. So I'm just going to go home and I hope you feel better. And I'll talk to you some other time. So honestly, like this character that initially they built up to be the biggest asshole is like the most sane, <laughs> humane person in the whole movie. Right. And you never see him again after that point. Like he's oh, just done. Okay. okay. So even though she's been told to stay off the case, her decision is to drive to the house where the, you know, the where the guy got shot and the Eckhart girl was kidnapped. Break into the house. She parks her Jeep which is clearly identifiable as her Jeep because it's like this giant, like Hummer kind of like, I don't know, massive SUV. She parks it in front of the house in the middle of the day and breaks into the house and is walking around and snooping, like trying to get clues. Mm. So she then drives to back to um, Michael Ironsides and she's like, so, um here to you know wrap up some loose ends on the case and iron size is like i mean that's cool but you know he's dead and we've already closed the case and she's like well i didn't find any cat hair in that house except for on one chair and there was no evidence of a cat and michael iron sides is like he shit outside and she was like where was his food and he's like he ate mice what are you trying to say now Mind you, every time she has a conversation with anybody about these murders, uh-huh. she sees the ghosts of the dead girls in the background. So they're always like haunting her. Are they still doing the, ooh, you gotta... Yeah, yeah, they're like, Megan, find <laughs> our killer, Megan. <laughs> and they're, they, they do this thing where they're like kind of like made of dust. So whenever they move, they're like flaking apart. So uh, they, kind okay. of, they, they kind of deteriorate over the course of the movie. Gotcha. Um... So she's talking to Michael Ironside and the three girls are standing behind him like, what, bitch? Come on. Like, you know that this dude didn't kill us. Like, go find her actual killer. (laughs) And she's like twitching and looking behind him and he's like, 
are you okay? And she's like, so he says, get the fuck out of my precinct. Mm. And then proceeds to talk to her for like three more minutes about how they know that this guy did it. And she doesn't have jurisdiction and she needs to leave. And she's not even a real cop. Right. So she's like, fine, I'll leave. So she leaves and Carrie always calls her and he's like, you asshole, what are you doing? breaking into like a crime scene and then going to confront the chief of police of another township he's like you need to come back you know you need to go see your doctor and get back on meds and she's like no i've made a connection because she makes a connection about oh no okay i'm sorry this this part's really funny so she leaves she leaves the the police station and she's walking down the street and this guy's like hey ain't you that lady cop and she's like oh yeah you're that bartender of carla castillo's dad and he's like oh yeah blah 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 <laughs> what? and sh- and she's like she's like how's he doing he's like well he doesn't come into the bar much anymore because he's been sober for the past two years mm. she's like oh that's great she's like so you don't see him much she's like well i actually see him all the time because he's my neighbor <laughs> and she's like oh something something on tuesday afternoons and he's like what i never saw carla on tuesday afternoons and she's like i gotta go and then she just runs away (laughs) so then she drives to this i don't know like auto body shop or something and the dad is there carla castillo's dad and she's like hey joe where were you on tuesdays and he's like oh man I didn't want to say, but I was drinking so much and I was talking to Carla one time and I yelled at her and she got upset and I was like, oh my God, I got to send her with her grandmother. And she's like, where'd her grandmother take her, Joe? And he's like, he took her to St. Michael's church, something, something. And she's like, that's the connection. They all went to St. Michael's church. So then she gets in her car and she drives to St. Michael's church. That's when Carrie was like yells at her and she's like, fuck you. I'm going to solve this murder. And she hangs up. And so she goes to the church and she walks in. And I swear to God, this segment takes like eight minutes to happen. So it's this like giant, like Catholic, whatever, like cathedral. And she's walking down the center, like aisle, like in the, in between the pews and twitching and shaking and jittering and hand clasping and unclasping. She's feeling the spirit, man. As she's walking up, there's this priest, like all the way up at the um, altar talking to this like 10 year old girl and he's like oh yeah you like that you like that what what else do you want to do yeah you want to do that mm. you want to go in the back maybe she'll kiss you you think you get a kiss it's like the creepiest shit and Elijah Dushku's like all twitching and shaking and she gets up to him and twitching and shaking and he's like oh honey go in the back and he sends the little girl away and the little girl leaves they never see her again and she's like, I got to ask you some questions about the murderers. And he's like, oh, yeah, they've are like, no one's ever asked us before. And he's like, let me see some ID. And she pulls out her badge. She's like, well, come with me. So they go into the back room and he's like the creepiest fuck. Like he's zombie Alan Alda is the only way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. So she's looking all around and she's like what'd you know about these murders and he's like oh um they all were our little angels now they're little angels back to heaven 
and he has like their pictures up with novena candles lit in front of him she's like what the fuck is this and he's like well they were all parishioners of the church so we keep this memory keep this a memory of them and she pulls out a gun and he's like oh my god she's like oh my god (laughs) and she's like "Ah, everybody's surprised (laughs) she's got this gun and she just like runs off with this gun she's like leaves leaves the like supposed like and really like implied pedophile priest like leaves so she runs back in the middle oh of the my church. god my my imagination of this i think is so much better than i'm sure it actually played out as you describe it because it's like i just imagine like everything being hysterical with her and i know that's not the case except like, that she like she deadpans everything right like even when she's saying like oh, like oh my god anyway so she runs back out to where the pews are and she's like <laughs> and she has this nervous breakdown where she like collapses onto the ground and then she shoots her gun like into the pews <laughs> and then some cops come and they arrest her and they like take her away so they take her back to the psychiatrist from the beginning of the movie yeah after she had her first like psychotic break and he's talking to her and he's like look like you're sick you need some time to rest like you know we'll give you the care you need you need to like stay on your medicine and we need to try and get you out of obsessing about this stuff. And she's like, fuck that. I got to catch this killer. And he's like, look, you're not really a cop anymore. So you probably shouldn't be catching any killers. So she just like jumps out of bed and puts her pants on. And then they have the gratuitous Eliza Dushku boob scene when she's like taking off her um, medical gown and putting on her t-shirt. And so the, this, the doctor calls this orderly and then the orderly comes in and he's like now like let me talk her down and she's like fuck that i'm not staying here i'm leaving and he's like no orderly like eric is losing like you know just calm down a little bit and so she turns around to like push past him and eric tries to restrain her so she does some like judo move where she like pins his arm behind his back and she's like if you follow me i will break your arm I will break your arm. And then she breaks his arm anyway. Oh, okay. And then she goes to the doctor. If you follow me, <laughs> I don't want to hit you. But if you come out of that door before I leave, I'm going to break your arm too. Okay. So then she runs away. She doesn't break his arm though. No, no, no. Because he doesn't go after her. So she runs away and she goes to Timothy Hutton's house. And he's like, oh, you know, um, I understand. Like, you're going through all this stuff. Like, I thought you were making progress, but you need to just calm down and like let this go but you can stay here tonight and then we'll talk about it in the morning so she lays down on his couch takes a nap and she wakes up in the middle of the night and she looks over at the stairs or something there's like maybe it's not stairs she looks over and there's a white cat like perched and she's oh like, shit she's okay. like oh and remember this guy's in a wheelchair right right yeah so she goes into his bedroom I don't know where he is, but she goes into his bedroom. She's like, Ledge, Ledge. That's his last name is Ledge. And he's not there. So next to his bed, he's got the yearbooks from St. Michael's Church um, bookmarked with like pictures of the girls. And she opens it up and there it is. He was the math tutor at St. Michael's Church. So she's like, so she turns around and he's there and he's like, so find anything interesting yeah and she's like i just don't understand why you got so many things why wouldn't you tell me you knew these girls and he was like well if i told you i knew those girls i'd tell you that i had to kill them and she's (laughs) like why (laughs) and so he jumps out of his wheelchair all of a sudden and tackles her 
then he's strangling her and this woman who just like judo through like a two 280 pound like muscular dude yeah. is now getting beat up by little timothy hutton right and he punches her in the face and mm-hmm. then it cuts to him dragging her across like this really big parking garage even though his house was like a brownstone or something now he's in a parking garage right, right. he's dragging her and she's like and he's like i always was in love with you and i thought that you could have been the one but you had to stick your nose where it didn't belong and i'm not gonna rape you because i'm a decent dude i'm just gonna murder you (laughs) and also you're not my type like i only like little girls jesus so he goes over and he's got this car which is like the murder car yeah and he throws her in the back seat he actually goes alley like that and like tosses her in um that's actually like really happens in the movie so now she's groggy and he hasn't oh i'm sorry he drugged her he like injected her with oh no 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 that didn't happen he just hit her so she's just a she's really like glass jaw so he's driving her and he's talking to her the whole time but when he's talking to her he's driving the car like how wrestlers watch tv and wwe like so it's basically like he's turned completely to the side like looking out the passenger window kind of as he's driving it's mm. really weird really weird angle but it's so he can emote right so he's he's like she's like why'd you do it oh and there was a whole like MacGuffin thing where the first girl had a rosary or whatever that she carried with her mm-hmm. and nobody ever found the rosary but it's just like laying on the back seat of this dude's car oh so for like he just kept four, it in there for a few right, years for four years he's yeah. never cleaned up the back seat of his car right. just like left yeah. this obvious piece of evidence out where anybody could look in and see it yeah. so she grabs it and she starts cut he has her hand her hands tied with something and she starts cutting it with the rosary i guess like with the cross or something it makes no sense so he's like the first cup the first girl i killed i don't know why i did it i do know why i did it i did it because i felt like doing it but then he never explains anything else so he's like okay well we're going to go to this spot a couple blocks away and I'm going to kill you. Uh-huh. Um, so he's got this sedative out because he's going to throw her in the oh, how, real quick. I just thought of something. So how's he? So I understand that he's not paralyzed, right? How is he driving a car the whole time? Right. Around? Right. right. They, they never explain okay. that. Part. It makes no sense. Well, maybe he hasn't but, driven it in four years because well, he's no, pretending. He's, he's, he's killed two other girls. Okay right he's he's definitely killed people and he's definitely driving that car because there's one part where they question a homeless guy who's like he was driving a blue car but i didn't get a good look at him and they're like okay well what kind of make of the car was it i said it was blue didn't i and it's like (laughs) wah 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 hobo (laughs) um so he's got her on the riverbank he's getting ready to inject her with a sedative so he can throw her in the river and drown her but she finally breaks her bonds and then she kicks him and punches him and then she runs away and he pulls out a gun and he's shooting at her but he misses um the whole time twitching like (laughs) um so then she goes and she hides behind a van and he goes behind the van and he pops around and she's not there and he's like hmm so he looks in the van and he's like "Ah." and then he goes and he looks in the passenger door of the van and she kicks the door open and like Mm. knocks the gun out of his hand yeah so then she pops out and they start fighting again and even though the gun flew like visibly like five or six feet away, he has the gun all of a sudden. But then she wrestles him and he shoots himself in the foot and he's like, ah! <laughs> so <laughs> he, uh. 
he like tumbles backwards and into the river and she gets the gun and she's looking and she can't see him in the river so then and this this is the most amazing scene in the movie she's going like like she's literally like squawking like a bird and shooting the river with like her pistol with with this dude's pistol um and then like this family sees her like oh my god so they go and hide behind a tree and she's like man shoots at the river again and they run away um and then she's like so then it cuts and it's carrie was talking to um the psychiatrist the doctor Mm -hmm. and he's like look i feel really bad like she's a good person she's you know she needs help and he's like right um you know we got her sedated she's in what we call the quiet room um you know we'll get her the help she needs and he's like well can i talk to her and he's like nah she's uncommunicated so it cuts and she's strapped the the best of you know psychiatric care they have her strapped to like this metal table with just a hospital gown on and there's a camera on her and she's looking at the camera and all of a sudden there's like the three dead girls are around her Mm. and she's thinking in her head she's like um it's it's like voiceover narration it's like i'm gonna avenge you like i gotta get out of here so i can make sure that i avenge you and then it cuts to a scene of ledge's car parked outside of a church and it goes inside and it's like this slow like pan down the the pews and the priest is like giving communion to people and he's going down going down communion communion and finally he gets and he puts communion down and oh my god it's timothy hutton Mm. but he's got slick back hair and he's wearing glasses never tell who he is (laughs) so he takes communion (laughs) and then next to him is this like 13 year old girl who takes communion Mm. and he looks at her and smiles and she looks at him and smiles and then it cuts back to him and he's frowning and it cuts back to her and she's frowning and then all of a sudden in the room with eliza dishku that girl's dead and in there and then there's all these other girls that start popping up around and she's like christ he's still out there but i swear what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna get better and i'm gonna get out of here and i'm gonna go find him and i'm gonna kill him So I guess the idea was that um, they were going to make like sequels to this, Uh maybe, but this is fine, like, you know, mercifully the only one. Um, And then the title card pops up and says, in 2006, police exhumed a fireman's body and posthumously cleared him as a suspect. Oh, that's right. The guy that got shot was a fireman. Mm -hmm. To date, the alphabet killer has not been found. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And that's the movie. So, dear Lord, I I can actually just time period like year and what you described and thinking of Dushku in it, and uh, I can almost like absolutely like picture like the type of movie that is, and it's it had to be painful to sit through. That was pretty terrible. I found it interesting though that the way that they chose um, some of the actors in the movies was that they had played killers and other things before. Mm. Um, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, Melissa Leo is in this movie, but for the life of me, I can't remember. She plays she, her and Martin Donovan play the Walsh parents. Yeah, but I can't remember them at all. Mm. Like they're not very prevalent in the movie. Yeah. Um, like one scene maybe. They go to their house and they're like, "Well, haven't we already answered all these questions?" They're like, yes, but now answer them again. 
And then Dushku's like, hey, can I see the girl's room? And she goes upstairs. And of course, the dead girl's like, Megan, find my killer. And then Dushku's there, like, like twitching and looking at the corner. <laughs> That's actually like the funniest parts of the movie are when the dead girls are like looking at her and she's starting to have a conversation with somebody else, but she's got to like act like there's a dead girl in the room, but she's trying to ignore. So it's just all the, you know, the twitchy Dushku. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so it was, uh, it was, and it's like, it's, it's like fat, puffy, Carriolis, not like, right. Yeah. slim handsome you know princess bride carriolis sure um so that's kind of hard to look at too plus it's like they shaved his eyebrows mm. so he's got a perpetual expression of like confused dismay mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know there, there's there's really nothing nothing to write home about with this movie um it's not it's not well written at all um well, the the guy that wrote it is the guy that played Steve. Mm. It's got television anything. Yeah, he wrote himself into uh, a kiss with Elijah Dushku. Mm. I was surprised they didn't have sex. <laughs> well, it's not Nick Cage, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. <clears throat> That's the Nick Cage treatment there. <clears throat> So yeah, so alphabet murders, alphabet killer. I'm familiar with that like initial case or whatever. Like, so they moved it to a modern setting then, as opposed to being in the 70s. Yeah, and they also solved it. Well, right, but they didn't really of. solve it because right. no one believes her. Right, because I remember the uncle thing being like a real su- possible suspect and like you know all that sure. kind of stuff. But yeah, it was like, completely unsolved. And like if I remember correctly, they don't even know if those murders were connected. If I if I remember that case correctly. Right, even though it's it was the same thing, like yeah. the names matched. Yeah, it, it like basically that movie is like kind of following the case to some degree up until the, like even the the church thing might even be real, but it's like um, but after that it's like just all fucking the student's imagination on what happened, um, and shoehorning mental illness, and a supernatural and so- ghost story. Well, but the they movie. might not really be supernatural she because she be might be right. right. She just might be crazy. Uh, she's um. Look, I love her. Five by five, uh, baby. Her five, right? Yeah, she was not five by five in this movie. No. Um, I love Four her six. faith overall. Um, but even when Faith returns in season seven of Buffy, you can start to see like the you can start seeing the chipping away at like her uh, range, like a little bit. Like um, she just doesn't have very good range, like whatsoever. Um, It's why like, you know, she works kind of in dollhouse as well. Like another Whedon production, because like a lot of times she just has to be like bank vacant. Mm. Well, she does a good job of that here. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, not she, she's, she's pretty limited in what she can do. Partway through watching this movie, I thought I really should have fucking red carded Chris here. <laughs> it's got a really impressive uh, cast around though, around it's her, right? And not a single one of them can act. Uh-huh. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, all right. So, what's your uh, what's your score here? Oh my god, it's an eight. 
Easy. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's awful. It, it's one of those things where reading the back of the the DVD case, you know, whatever, fifteen years ago, I knew it would be bad, mm-hmm. and I knew I didn't want to see it, and I would always see it. Like it was always. <laughs> I guess nobody else wanted to see it either because I swear to God that DVD was like sitting at Walmart constantly just staring at me. Yeah, and I, 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 I've seen it. It pops up all the time on streaming services. It's always there. I've always put it off, and then here it is. Now it's (laughs) the writer noted that he saw the film as a cross between A Beautiful Mind and Zodiac. Oh Jesus! Fucking funny. <laughs> that's that's how you sell it on the road, like when you're right. trying to, like you know, it's kind of like a beautiful mind, but 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 it's a mur- it's a serial killer, it's a murder investigation. What if what if House was a detective? Mm. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Yeah, see, the, 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 the bottom of the wiki page says domestic earnings were 29784 and it grossed in foreign markets 76812 So it was a total worldwide of $106,596. Um, so they're, they're, they're a little like uh, shit. Like the blurb area where it gives you the details of the movie does not match like what it actually says later in the article, which is actually sourced. Um, so it doesn't make. God, some people say good stuff about this. Except we got a thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and even audience scores twenty three percent. And Jeanette Katsoulis of the New York Times praised Dushku's skills and Schmidt's choice to be more interested in facts than in frights. Um, this woman is an idiot. No offense, Jeanette Katsoulis. So, do they try... So, I, I did see, like, one audience review, and I just scrolled quickly. I said that, like, this, this person complaining about, like, um, trying to make the serial killer seem cool. Do they try to make the serial killer seem cool? Like, no. They don't do anything with the serial killer. I'm, I'm trying. They barely, they barely talk about him. I mean, just that she insists that he exists and everyone else insists that she's an idiot okay so here's here's no no f's take um in 2014 are they really exploiting the true story of a child killer in a hollywood manner to the point where it makes it look cool that the killer got away a freaking child killer i'm tired of all these serial killer movies that make serial killers look cool it glorifies psychopathic murders it sickens me luckily this movie went under the radar because it wasn't even that well made of a movie in the first place <laughs> Oh, this is what's wrong with the world. So this guy just like makes this shit up in his own head that they tried to make the killer look cool. So he gets his shit in of what his obsession is, and then like it's like this wasn't even that good anyway. Fucking, he probably getting ready to shoot a pizza shop somewhere. So. I know this movie. Maybe it does take place in the 70s. I swear it took place in the 90s. I'm reading about these anachronisms. I was talking about post-it notes. 
I don't think they know in this movie. T- maybe I don't know. <laughs> maybe nobody knows when this movie takes place. Somebody gave it a 7 out of 10. That's a featured review. Hmm. Eliza D. Is this is this on is this on Indib? Yeah, I'm just kidding. It's not really. Oh, 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 I see. (laughs) Um. Well, anyway, fuck that movie. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Here's here's a one and a half star. A beautifully shot film that had every opportunity to be good. (laughs) Untrue. Sadly, the lack of violence and plot development in the Alphabet Killer will put you to sleep almost instantly. It's well, they, beautifully shot, and it's just like it just needed more, a little bit more plot and a lot more violence. So the movie's about thir- 12 and 13 year old girls being like brutally raped and murdered. So yeah. I don't know what kind of violence you like was looking for. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Maybe, like, I don't, I'm maybe he needs to be on a list. Uh <laughs> yeah well, there's somebody spelling thriller with a o rather than an e pretty good th- pretty good thriller movie thriller thriller movie knowing that it's a true story is what kept me watching though as through the movie i found it to have a lot of boring parts that could not keep me watching <laughs> Uh, this is what i do um like when we're preparing for podcasts a lot of times i get like caught up at night sitting here like you know um with a drink and just like reading these stupid ass comments um that people have this movie had its good points and it's bad points. <laughs> Some of it was dry as well, because that's that doesn't. I guess that's neutral. Is dry, like right. you know. Um, although it was based on a true story, I love how they all think it's ba- like a, a true story. Like like that. It's like part of it's not a true story. Like they they probably think like this shit actually happened with like the the, the female detective. Although it was based on a true story, it was chilling how these murders happen and who the killer really was at the end. Does she think this is what she thinks this is what really happened? Right, and that that guy was really the killer. Right, and it was, it, like, it, was it was Timothy Hutton the whole time. Right, it was Timothy Hutton, and like Timothy Hutton's still out there somewhere, just gone to communions everywhere around, around the country. Like, it also shoehorns this weird plot point that he was like in love with her, like that he considered her to be like his true love. But they have two scenes together before he tries to kill her. Hmm. And they're not even that good of scenes. Here's another. Not amazing, but creepy because it's based on a true story. Dumb. Why, why is it that, like, tr- something is creepier or scarier or more engaging if it's based on a true story and not based off a true story? Like, what? what, is, what are these people? Why is that? with these people you think that if it's based on a true story it makes it scarier yeah or creepier or more engaging like it's like if if it were not would that not would they not be into it yeah i actually find the opposite to be true like i watch all that shit like um the btk movies and the Dahmer movies and the ed gein movies and 
the ones that are like terrible are the ones that really try to like shoehorn into the reality of the situation it's like stuff like deranged that's loosely based on a you know i mean that's a more interesting movie but it doesn't make it any creepier that i don't know whatever i just i, I don't find that connection to reality to be yeah like a deciding factor of right i don't I, yeah like it doesn't matter to me at all like to some degree like i i just don't under like yeah it's like uh like deranged i don't find deranged any creepier because it's kind of loosely based off of like you know like mostly based off real events i guess like i mean sort of i mean it's a hyper fictionalized account of sure it takes some real events and then like makes them yeah stylized and yeah but i'm saying it's like it's not any creepier because it's real it's just it's the it's the viewing experience that you're paying attention to like i don't understand like why i would like be more engaged or less engaged or more creeped out or less creeped out based on the idea that it's based on a true story right it's just it's it's a weird it's a weird conceit and these yeah it's, it's... Are, like engaging in to me <sighs> do you want to spin anything else happened this week that we want to talk about i don't think I don't know. You I don't know. Either. You want to talk about the convention? I mean, I had a good time. Yeah, I did too. Until I started getting like super sick. Yeah, like it was enjoyable. Yeah, um, no, it was it was fun. Just saying, so you know, the convention was like a retro retrocon. Is that what it was called? Exactly. I don't even know yes. the name of it, but it's yeah, retrocon. Um, outside of Philly. <laughs> uh, so it had like a lot of like. It's mostly like toys and video, mostly toys and then video games and memorabilia. Probably, mm-hmm. I guess, was second, probably mm-hmm. to the toys. Memorabilia second to toys. Okay. Video games were only a few places had like some, right. and way, 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 way overpriced. Uh-huh. But yeah, but no, it was fun to to go there and look around and stuff like that. Um, I don't have much else to say about. It. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where you're not going to get like some kind of hot. I don't know. Whatever. It's it was fine to walk around and look at like old toys and right. Let's talk about cosplay for a bit, though, because we had this conversation while we were there, and i think that i understand the cosplay is going to happen anytime i go to some like nerd thing but i don't know if i'll ever understand fully understand like where that need comes from and we we talked about this at the place and i i whatever like armchair psychoanalyze that it was you know a need to fit in from people that have like low social skills and this is their way to like connect with other people through showing who they wish they were mm-hmm. um but uh, i think that's bullshit too like who knows just fucking weirdos right there was a lady and it was a, a it was an amazing costume there was a lady dressed up like an astronaut mm-hmm. carrying the mtv flag which that's a funny <laughs> reference mm-hmm. but her mtv mtv flag was like a five and a half foot tall like what's what's that material called um plastic pole like plumber's piping Mm -hmm. 
that then jutted out like another four feet with the flag hanging down and she was carrying it with the point sticking outward instead of like over her shoulder or something so she was like basically jousting with everyone in the skin um convention <laughs> hall right with this pole and for what like so somebody can be like oh hey that's cool and yeah. that's it like somebody takes your picture maybe you get on facebook somewhere maybe right. you're on like reddit ah. um right there's a personal enjoyment and I, I i don't get it myself like i was the one that, like i think was a kind of like i was perplexed. trying to be yeah i was trying to be more um understanding like you know i mean but it's like you know i'm the one that's perplexed by it like a lot and um i i mean i i know it's something internal that i can't understand um but it's uh that's why i like i'm so perplexed by it because i can't get it like um but yeah i don't know what you get out of that um personally i don't get it but it's like but that's (laughs) i don't i don't think it's for me to get so that's fine as long as those people are enjoying themselves, I guess, and not causing harm to others, but the the poll could potentially cause harm to others, I guess. Um. But yeah, I uh, it's it's not something that makes any sense to me. Um, the other thing that didn't make sense to me when I was there is like you have something called RetroCon, and there's all these people selling like action figures and shit from a year ago. Yeah. Oh, not even a year ago. Like or this year, new. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Some of it. it's like. Like, yeah, I just don't get that. Like, I get that, like, you have to, if you got tables that are open, you don't want to, like, the tables, to, you want to make money, right? So it's like, you, 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 if somebody's willing to pay you, you take their money. But it's like, you should have some standards. I wouldn't even mind if somebody had a selection of newer figures mixed in with their older stuff. Sure. Know? Yeah, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Because, you know, you're still, like, providing what the people are ostensibly there for. But also, but here's the thing is that one of their biggest gets was the Four Horsemen, which is a group of um, sculptors and action figure creators who are like super famous for being creating really detailed likenesses of like faces and stuff. And they have their own line of action figures Mm -hmm. and they were there. I mean, so they're doing stuff like constantly. So I don't know, whatever. Oh, so I just thought to look up finally that AEW, those AEW wrestling figures. Um, uh-huh. Apparently, it's like artificial scarcity um, is why they're so expensive. Mm. Like they just didn't release that many of them. Apparently, oh, is it a ringside collectibles exclusive or something? I, I mean, like there was like tons of them that were like so. Over there's $100. a company. There's a company called Ringside Toys or Ringside Collectibles. I can't remember what they're called okay they specialize in wrestling figures and what they do is they get exclusive deals with certain lines like so they have exclusive quote-unquote aw figures and to your point they just they're not exclusive like you can only buy them there like they only make a limited amount and so they drive up the price right yeah right yeah i hate that fucking fake yeah agreed um i hate what all of that has become i mean it's one of like probably like my like more like toxic opinions about all that shit but i hate all of it anymore like i hate what they did to the baseball cards i hate what they did to action figures i hate all that shit especially with the grading like they ruined like all of it why buy loose baby (laughs) you 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 buy for the the thrill of having the thing as opposed to 
yeah. thrill of having the packaging the, of the thing or... right for the good feeling of looking at something that i enjoyed as a child and reminiscing about how much i enjoyed it right and if i get it i get it and if i can't get it for cheap then i just don't and that's it right for a reasonable amount of money like i know how much i want to spend and if i can get it for less than that then it's fine yeah all right let's go ahead and spin this wheel see what you get for next week <clears throat> so we got next week and then You'll be on vacation. Yep. And we got a special treat during that time for two weeks. The treat that can't be beat. <laughs> All right. Let's see what's going to happen here. <laughs> Aliens on Earth. The category is Aliens on Earth. <laughs> it's one of your categories. Is it? Yeah. Are you sure? Yep. Yep. I always got to look that up every time you make that accusation. It is. It's like Underground Menaces out of the list here. Underground Menaces is the last one that was <clears throat> yours, and the rest of them are like, like ours. Like, so, um. That's fucked up. So aliens on Earth is yours. You're to blame for whatever happens here. I can never remember how far down this fucking thing is. Oh, there it is. All I have to do is look for anthropomorphic animal hijinks. <laughs> right. Yeah, aliens on Earth was in between dinosaur action and men in space. So there was a theme. I mean, with men right. in space, not really with dinosaur right. action. Sure. One, two, three. Oh, shit. All right. So we have what? So 10 episodes? Like after this one, after next week, we have 10 episodes left. And there are 13 categories left. Five are yours, and eight are ours. Oh. I hope I never roll the ones. Well, not that I'm rolling anything. I hope you never spin the ones that um, you guys are really excited for me to get because you know that it'll be terrible for me. Mm, I couple. hope I I hope I never get my comeuppance. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, we'll see. Um. Hmm. All right. So you got any ideas like floating around your head already? Oh, sure. This one's... I mean, there's a, a thousand movies that I haven't seen Yeah. about this. Hmm. I'll find something. I don't know. There's a... There's one called Real Men that I don't think you've ever seen, but I'm not trying to influence anything. I don't think you've ever seen it. Have you ever seen that? It's Jim Belushi and John Ritter? No. No? It does it is not the kind of thing you would ever watch. Oh, it's on TV for free. Um, I've not watched that movie since I was a child. Um, I'm sure it's really bad. Um, I'm sure it's really bad, but uh, I might need to like at least watch some of that and see how bad it really is. But I liked it as a kid. Um, yeah, it sounds scintillating. Yeah, there it's it's, it's sci-fi comedy. Jesus Christ! <laughs> now, aren't you excited? No, I mean, shit, that's bomb. what you're going to end up probably watching, isn't it? No, um, I don't no? know. What, sci-fi comedy? Yeah. You all know me. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch anything I want. I'm going to watch some sci-fi action. Sci-fi action? Mm-hmm. I'm already tired. <laughs> <laughs> All your fault. Aliens on Earth. All right. So next week, we will be back with Aliens on Earth. And then the uh, two weeks after that, we will not be producing necessarily like new episodes, but we will have chagrin episodes uh, where Frank watches movie trailers and gives real time reactions to those trailers. So um, and then we will be back uh, at the uh, end of October with the traditional spin chagrin. So it's going to be interesting because like technically next week, we're going to spin and even though you're going to be away, like, you technically, like, wind up having, like, three weeks almost to, like, you'll be on vacation for two of those, but still. Well, they play terrible movies on Thai TV, like, constantly, so. Mm. Hmm. Um, and maybe you sneak a couple in. Yeah. Depending on what the category is. Might make you spin me another chagrin while I'm out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Deuces.